0: Into our last kind of topic of the night.
1: <clears throat> Every time we do this one, it's always a sense of sobriety and heaviness when we talk about early Christian martyrdom. So I just want to warn you ahead of time. I just want to <laughs> get your take your of- ahead of time. Dr.
2: Wellhite, can I ask a question? Yeah, go ahead. Yeah, Lene. go ahead, Lene. Uh, At this time, is martyrdom common? no matter what you are? Or is it really truly just Christians that are martyred at this time?
1: Yeah, good, very good questions. Uh, so if we were to look at who did the Romans kill, that would, that would, that would give us better, kind of a better perspective on this. Because what I'm doing exclusively is just looking at the death of Christian. What we've been doing is looking at the death of Uh Jews were killed likewise. Um, So those that didn't give allegiance to Rome, the Roman deities, they would have been killed. They would have been killed. So when we talk about persecution and martyrdom, and I'm going to mention this here in a minute, how do we define that, right? Do, Do we and can we legitimately say that a Jewish person in the second century could be martyred? Because according to the New Testament, those who are martyred can only confess Christ, right? Those are that's who's called the martyrs. So uh, when it comes to who did uh, the Romans kill, um, uh, Christians were often thrown together with um, uh, slaves uh, from other countries. Uh, they were thrown in with um, obstinate. Uh, Jews, uh, or other non-Roman citizens. So like when you think of the crucifixion, were those Jewish people that were likewise crucified or were they not? I don't know. I don't know. What are their names? What's the names of those who are crucified? Anyone remember? One of them is called Barabbas. No, no, no. Sorry. Barabbas is let go. Are the names? Yeah, they're not named. I don't think they're named. Uh, but in, even in Jerusalem for a century, there's Rome, Romans walking everywhere in, in that area. Um, it's not just Jewish people. So yeah, to answer the question more specifically, we are only focusing in on Christian death when if we were to step back as a, and look at it more holistically, more than just Christians are dying or being killed at this point. When we think of the gladiatorial games, in particular, in the second century, second century is the height, sort of, the gladiatorial arenas. Uh, it's debated whether or not Christians were actually part of the gladiatorial games at the Colosseum. Um, often, they were thrown to animals or kind of put into like a stadium, and and essentially taught to run away from animals as they would devour them. But slaves slaves, uh, or captured, um, uh, uh, prisoners of war would be brought back to the city. They would then be put into the gladiatorial arena and serve as, um, ways of, of death there. Yeah. It was a great question. Okay. So as we talk about early Christian martyrdom, just want to kind of, kind of give us a, a heads up. Uh, Just be ready for a little bit of sobriety here. We will probably pray for even current martyrs today, um, those that are persecuted today. Um, So in a brief way, let's sort of open this up. When we think in terms of Revelation, the book of Revelation, we're talking about the end of the first century. We're talking about the end of the first century. And so what was persecution like at the end of the first century? Within the study of early Christianity and persecution and martyrdom, It continues to fascinate both the church and the scholarly academy. It is really interesting how martyrdom affects both worlds. This topic comes both with intrigue and a little bit of sobriety, but we want to be really careful on who we give that title to, who's a martyr, who's persecuted. Right? When we look at First Peter, when we look at 1 Peter 4. Four, it talks about let no one suffer or be, be happy, essentially be glad to suffer as a Christian, but don't suffer as what? A meddler, a thief, right? So there's vices that you don't want to be known as a sufferer for. So uh, we can totally debate this, but this is to try to point this, this idea out. Um, how, uh, how do we define... Who and what is a martyr? Dietrich Bonhoeffer. Is he a martyr or is he not a martyr? Why or why not? At the end of the day, he dies. And so there's sobriety attached to that. And sometimes we're too uh, timid to sort of step into that can someone be a martyr through breaking civil law? Right, we have to know how to answer that. Second, can he be considered a martyr as he is attempting to kill someone? Now, obviously I framed the question in a particular way, right, I totally framed it in a particular way, but you're answering this in your own mind. I know you are. So as we talk about who is and who isn't a martyr, we want to be very uh, mindful that people die on account of Christian belief, right? But at the same time, we want to be very careful on who is a martyr, who we give that title to. uh, Revelation 6, right? Revelation 6 talks about the garments of those who are martyrs will be known in heaven, they will be given robes of white. So let's raise just a couple of questions. Where did persecution arise? What is a martyr? Was martyrdom and persecution, was it localized in cities or did this just happen everywhere? What were some of the practices that accompanied this? And sort of how did early Christians remember these moments? How did early Christians remember these moments? The the development of martyrdom actually happens in the New Testament. We see it. The Greek word for martyr, you can probably recognize it if you know any Greek. Martus, martyria, martyreo. Martyr, I testify. A martyr is tied to this word, which essentially means I proclaim, I testify. So to be known as a martyr is one who testifies in their death of the supremacy of Christ. And so it exclusively, it it becomes a word that's exclusively referred to as those who uh, are in the act of dying through offering a witness to Christ. Jesus himself is even given this title in Revelation 1 5. He's referred to as a martyr. Talk about a new term or a new idea to throw into your Christology,
0: <laughs> right?
1: We even hear of the faithful martyrdom of an, uh, an Antipas in Revelation 2. We know of the first martyr, Stephen. Acts 7. So this concept of the word changing throughout the new, the kind of the development of the New Testament, it's quite visible. It's quite visible. We have already seen, so I'm going to skip over this. We've already talked about Suetonius uh, and Tacitus about Nero, right? That odd superstition, the idea of a fire, and to shift blame, he then persecutes Christians forcing them to try to capitulate right so i'm gonna go ahead and skip over that i'm gonna skip over uh, the roman historian tacitus there uh and so because we've already we've already sort of done that let's jump down to the decian persecution decian persecution someone looked up the years of decius d-e-c-i-s decius Tell me the years of Decius. Tell me the years of Decius. Around 250. Say that. Around 250. Yep, around 250. That's right, around 250. He only had a two-year reign three-year reign, 249 to 251. This is really small, but it is known as the Decian persecution. There is a following account. uh, uh, The following account was ordered or occurred, sorry, under Decius' rule. This is often known as the Decian persecution that was under Caesar's order to offer sacrifices to the Roman deities. Here is one account that occurred under this time. Of an old man, the following is recorded. First, then they seized an old man named Metros, and they bade him utter blasphemous words. And when he refused to obey, they belabored his body with cudgels, stabbed his face and eyes with sharp reeds, and leading him to the suburbs, they stoned him. That's brutal, That is really heavy. Following the story in the Decius persecution, uh, the mob martyred a woman. Then they led a woman called Quinta, a believer, to the idol temple and were forcing her to worship. But when she turned away and showed her disgust, they bound her by the feet and dragged her through the whole city over the rough pavement so that she was bruised by the big stones, beating her all the while and bringing her to the same place that they stoned her to death. You see the story, they essentially tied her to the the back of a chariot, drug her around city and it didn't kill her. She survived that only to be brought back to the uh, uh, idle place where they end up stoning her, probably in public. Probably in public. <clears throat> this narrative continues, and if you, if you want to see where I'm reading from, uh, this is Eusebius of uh, Church History there, book six. The narrative continues when the mob plundered the houses and riches of all the Christians in the cities. Then they seized an aged female virgin, Apoll- Apollonia, They broke out all her teeth with blows on her jaw, piling up a pyre before the city threatened to burn her alive. If she refused to cite along with them their blasphemous sayings. Right, so this Decian persecution continues, continues with the breaking off of limbs, dragging people off to be burned, Casting head, uh, being cast off headlong off of buildings and more. There are more stories uh, uh, of a boy as young as 15 years old up through ages of the elderly, both of men and women. Someone, if you can, look at the time period of Cyprian. Look at the time period of Cyprian.
0: Look at the time period of Cyprian, C-Y-P-R-I-A-N, Cyprian. Say that again. Give me specific dates.
2: Say that again.
1: 249 to 262. What do you do if you're a bishop in this time? How do you minister to people who are watching this unfold? Because the persecution was not just for the elite. Wasn't even, there was no regard for age, no regard for gender. That means everyone could have been taken by this. How do you minister to people? Cyprian actually helps
0: in this process. He lives through the Decian persecution as well as a couple others.
1: Him with Donatist, uh, there's a big controversy that breaks out because of martyrdom. What do we do with people who have apostatized? What do we do with people who have apostatized? Do we immediately let them back into the church when people have been faithful for 30 years, at the fear of death, these people just get a free ride. Do we just let them back in? Or do we make them pay?
0: The creation of penance arises here
1: in the Donatist-Cyprian controversy. What do we do with people who apostatize and then want to
0: come back? We make them do penance.
2: Valerius and the two Valerian edicts
1: uh, continue there. Uh, Really doesn't uh, 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 really stop that. Then we come up to the Diocletian persecution. The last edict given in the Roman Empire was under Diocletian 302-313, where the Romans are ordered to ravage churches and to destroy the scriptures. This one's pretty brutal. Uh, After Diocletian, we then have the Tetrarchs of the Roman Empire. We no longer have a single Caesar, but Rome is now ruled by four people, the Tetrarchs. uh, Constantine gives what edict? The Edict of Milan in 313, it's a supposed edict. Him and one of the other Tetrarchs attempt to uh, uh, dissuade uh, persecution and make Christian an established, acceptable religion. So Diocletian is the generation right before that. During this persecution, Eusebius recalls, that each underwent a series of varied forms of torture. One would have his body maltreated by scourgings. Another would be punished with the rack and torn to an unbearable degree, whereas some met a miserable end to their life. What's the rack? Bingo. The rack would be You're spread out like an X already on a rack. They tie your arms, they tie your upper arm, they tie your wrist, your upper arm, they then tie your leg and your upper thigh. And there's someone just cranking a machine and it's pulling until arms come out of socket. During the Diocletian persecution, the Romans created new forms of punishments against Christians. For example, a certain man was brought forward because he refused to offer sacrifices. He was raised up naked. Think of a Christian, right? Roman Olympics, Roman Olympics were already performed naked, right? The theater, naked acts would be pretty normal. Romans probably were pretty desensitized. Christians were known as ones who didn't go to the theater. Christians were ones who were known to not go to the Olympic Games, right? Because there's exposure. So here we have a Christian raised up naked and his whole body was torn with scourges, hoping that he would give in. The Romans then mixed vinegar and salt together and poured them onto his body. The Romans made a grid iron, essentially essentially like a large iron table, similar to a barbecue, and slowly put the remnants of his body on
0: it. I'll mention one more from the section
1: of Eusebius. These stories grieve me to the deepest. As the description continues, they had the entire body torn to pieces with sharp shards instead of claws. Women, oh yeah, yeah. listen to this one. Women were fastened by one foot and swung aloft through the air, head downwards to a height by certain machines, their bodies completely naked. Even, Even in their death, they're trying to shame them. So to try to put an image to this, Romans are bending over trees, bending over trees, tying your ankle to it, and then what do they do? Let the tree go. So it's flailing. Others again were fastened to trees and to trunks, for they drew together by certain machines the very strongest of the branches, to each of which they fastened one of the martyr's legs, and then released the branches to take up their natural position. Eusebius mentions that this practice was not done for a few days, but for whole years and upwards to a hundred persons a day were condemned to such punishments, ranging from young children to women.
0: You can hear the
2: grievous,
0: Actions at this, at this
1: distills. I'm going to, I'm going to push pause here. Okay. There are more accounts, but you can kind of get a good glimpse of what's happening. Right. We looked at De- the Decius persecution. We looked at the Diocletian persecution. Cyprian is right in the middle of this. What do we do when your people apostatize? What do we do?
0: That was being forged in the late third century because of this, these types of persecutions.
1: These types of persecutions. Can we, can we just pause just for a second? Can we pause just for a second? Can we pray? Can we pray for those brothers and sisters that we know uh, in Asia, that we know in India, that we know in the Middle East, our church, has multiple, multiple global workers in places I can't tell you.
0: We pray for them on a regular basis.
1: Here's what I want of you. We look at this and say, death does not frighten us because as Diagnetus talks about, in my death, I then live. I hope, I hope if I'm ever put in front of this, that I don't apostatize. I'm not, I'm not uh, uh, too prideful to say, I have no idea what I'll do. I don't know. Can we pray for brothers and sisters that we know? Can we pray for general brothers and sisters who are elsewhere? I'm, I'm just gonna kind of push pause right now. Let us all pray. i let it be silent. Pray as you feel led and then I'll I'll kind of close this out in prayer. Is that okay?
0: Oh, Father, we ask of you, O oh Lord, to protect your children. We know that death is always in front of us.
1: We know that some, even in here, will be persecuted. We know even some right now are being persecuted. We pray, O oh Lord, that in the face of death, that you uphold them and strengthen their faith.
0: Father, we pray for your church, asking, Lord, that you continue to rescue and to preserve her.
1: We pray for those in hard places. We pray that you continue to rise up more and more people
0: to go to hard places. Father, we ask for help. For help because we don't know how to do it. Filled with fear. We're filled with fear, O Lord.
1: Bless us by your spirit. Give us the ever presence of the sun and your everlasting love lavishing love upon us help us to know when to go help us to know where to go and help us in the face of death either by natural causes or through persecution oh father we pray that you sustain our faith sustain the faith that faith of those right now in the face of death. It's in Christ's name.
0: Amen. Okay, let's call it a day.